All right, Bucks fans, thanks for checking in to the Monday Morning Joe podcast. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com, your humble host here today, one of the Joes at JoeBucksFan, writing on the website. It's the summer, we're five weeks from training camp, five and a half weeks, whatever it is, but we don't slow down, we keep on rolling, we have a lot to share, there's a lot going on, and frankly, our passion runs through the summer, runs 24-7, so why would we not share it? Because that's what our website is about. Uh, sharing our passion, sharing our opinions. Thankfully, many of you appreciate them and the knowledge behind them. And, of course, uh, letting you know what's going on so we can be a, a one-stop shop for you. You know, Life is good at JoeBucksFan.com, so we appreciate all your support and listening to the podcast, which is available also on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, some other platforms, and actually I just threw it up on Stitcher, so hopefully that will kick in uh, very soon. They have to approve it over there. And... So what to talk about? Well, Mike Evans is joining the podcast for an exclusive interview today. That's in the headline. You saw that. Maybe that's why you clicked and you're going to start fast forward and look at it, looking for uh, Mike Evans. But uh, I know most people, uh, at least our numbers show that most people listen all the way through all off the website. So we appreciate that. The podcast is presented by Bill Curry Ford. Bill Curry Ford, just north of the stadium on Dale Mabry Highway, the website where you can shop immediately is BillCurryFord.com, C-U-R-R-I-E. They are pushing 60 years, just about there, 60 years, and they're friends of ours, and we don't throw that word around lightly. General Manager Sean Sullivan is a guy uh, Lee D. Kemper and I know uh, well, and we become good friends, and uh, is there a bigger Bucks fan in the world? I'm not sure, but one of the biggest reasons to be a fan of Bill Curry Ford is that nationwide lifetime warranty on used and new vehicles. It's a powertrain plus, not just you know just uh, just your engine kind of thing. There's a lot to it, and it's pretty exciting. I know I got uh, my uh, last uh, used vehicle there, traded in my Ford, walked away with something else, and the uh, payment wasn't even much different. A lot of value at Bill Curry Ford. A lot of great uh, service, BillCurryFord.com. Tremendous offers. Uh, just check out their website. That's how most people are shopping now, right? You go hit the website, BillCurryFord.com. You can see the warranty information. You can look at the vast selection. And, of course, whenever you're at JoeBucksFan.com, you'll see their ad, and you can click on through to check it all out. Now, I want to talk first about the kicking situation, because one thing that's going on in the Tampa Bay area, at least in the media scene and in the world of uh, talking about the Bucks, is the Martin Gramatica show, which is on 1040 a.m. now every day, 9 to 11 a.m. Rock Riley is the co-host, but it's Martin Gramatica's show. And it's not archived anywhere, so you can't go in and look at it, listen to it. It's not on... Um, podcast platform it's just sort of there it's just old school it's on the air if you miss it you miss it and i do catch it quite a bit i do talk to rock as well and grammatica's got a lot of good insight you know you tend to forget that he spent nine years in the league and you know he played for dallas he was perfect kicking in a playoff game they lost uh, i think by a point in uh, when parcells was there and so he kicked for parcells he kicked in the playoffs he kicked for New Orleans. He won a job in Indianapolis. And the guy's been through a lot of uh, battles and competitions and injuries and knows the kicking game and the, the intricacies of the battles and what goes on behind the scenes as well as anybody. And it's a great listen given the nonsense that we deal with in Tampa because of our kicking situation that can never seem to be rectified. And 
Look, I hope like every Bucks fan that either Matt Gay or Cairo Santos can make kicking boring again in Tampa Bay. That's sort of my goal. Make kicking boring again. Let me go uh, go to the bathroom when there's an extra point and not have to worry about it. And a 33-yard field goal, 39-yard field goal, let that stuff be automatic. Let our guy kick 85% of his field goals and be the, a top 10 kicker, top 12 kicker, and we can all sleep at night. But we haven't had that luxury. And so in comes Matt Gay. And Grammatica's talked about how the pressure on these guys, the internal competition, the grind, the grind, the mental battle going on can burn a kicker out. Now, it seems kind of weird, right? Because guys win and lose jobs all the time in the NFL, right? You could have two cornerbacks fighting it out for a starting job, even two quarterbacks or two running backs. And we would never think that, oh, well, you know, that battle all through the spring and the summer and the mental toll and all that can mess up uh, a running back or a, a cornerback. But you know, Grammatica swears that at kicker, it's just a different animal. And especially since the battle itself is win the job or get cut. There is no in-between. I, I was a little bit skeptical. But then hearing Gay talk, we had uh, Man Beast, uh, Joe Bucks fan.com intern Zach Seifter go out to uh, Mike Evans' charity golf tournament on Friday. And he asked Gay about the competition and whether it's... Uh, you know, is it getting a, is there a little animosity brewing? Is it the tension growing? That kind of stuff. And Gay says it's an interesting vibe, right? This is him. I'm quoting him. It's an interesting vibe because, I mean, he's a great guy. Gay said of Santos, you're with him all the time. You're a specialist. You hang out together with the punter and the snapper, all that kind of stuff. And he goes on to say that he wants him to land a job and he's rooting for Santos, but he says, quote, eventually, I mean, it's going to be one of us. You kind of have to have that the back of your mind that you're coming for the job and he's coming for the job. And you both know that. And, you know, Gay went on to say that, look, it's, uh, it's going to really escalate to, uh, me or him hearing him talk. You had a little better understanding of the competition itself and they're both hitting the ball. Well, according to gay, that's also according to what I've heard. I don't know. I don't know if that makes a difference. I mean, you would think competition makes these guys better, but, you know, when you have a veteran kicker, they don't usually bring in competition. And if you think that would make a guy better to be competing every summer, maybe you would do that. But usually uh, that you don't bring in legitimate competition for a, uh, a veteran kicker. So maybe there's got to be something to that on some level. It's just an interesting thing going down and... When you hear Grammatica talk about it, when you hear Gay talk about it, when you also hear Gay talking about, as he did on Friday, that, well, he likes to figure things out on his own, and now he has a kicking coach for the very first time. And he's appreciated things he's learned from the kicking coach, but you get a sense that the rookie is trying to filter, okay, I hear what you're saying, I hear what you're saying, coach, but I got to do it my own way, I got to win this damn job, I got to, you know, and... and kickers are, are kickers and the whole kicking coach concept i just think that can go both ways it's going to take a lot of maturity on gay to handle the inevitable ups and downs i won't say they're inevitable because he could come out and be a 90 percent kicker and and they're not going to bother him or touch him and or do anything about that but he does have a coach that coach has a job to justify and to do and it's a the whole kicking thing uh, fascinates me. Maybe I'm going to even get off the subject because maybe it doesn't fascinate you. But there's a lot there, and I hope Arians picks the best kicker. 
and that can be a tough choice. Might they actually keep two kickers if uh, if they're on the fence and they don't want to let both of them go and they don't like some of their other special teams' depth and uh, feel that, hey, maybe that last uh, last linebacker is a guy we can throw on um, uh, the practice squad or that will get, get to pick off the street because nobody else will want him? I don't know. I don't know how de- deep the depth goes. But do I think the Bucks could become the first team to keep two kickers on the active roster? It wouldn't shock me. It really would not shock me, especially with all those road games coming up. You know, if, if they just don't know exactly who's best and they know that they've got this giant stretch of road games and how's the rookie going to kick on Thursday night football, how's he going to kick in London, how's he going to kick with all these road games, maybe they let Santos hang around if they're concerned that he might go somewhere else. I don't know. And this is my personal podcast here. To me, that's something kind of interesting. So fun to watch. And uh, Grammatica really has a lot of fun takes and generally talks about getting into the league and the importance of fear. He actually was talking on his show a couple of weeks ago about how he really thought Warren Sapp was going to eat him, <laughs> that he was that intimidating, that demanding as a locker room presence and uh you know, pleasing Sap, which meant working hard and, and performing, was such a big part of that Bucks locker room. And the Bucks don't have a guy like that. And uh, so I don't think uh, I don't think you want anybody pulling a Mike Tyson and taking a bite out of you. But you get the idea of what Grammatica was trying to say. Now, Jameis Winston, he was a guy trying to say a lot of things up there with uh, Adam Schefter on that ESPN podcast. If you heard it or not. Uh, there were a few nuggets there that I thought were were interesting. Jameis said he's, quote, still learning not to be a perfectionist on every play. And I get it. I understand that that's, that's one of his faults or one of his uh, negatives that he's trying to improve, and we all have them. But, you know, still learning? I don't know. It feels, uh, it, it feels a little odd as a fifth-year quarterback still trying to learn that when that's what's been drilled into you the day you walked into the NFL. Now, maybe Dirk Cutter did a horrible job with that, but I don't think Todd Munkin did, and I really don't think Dirk did either. And Jameis certainly has been up and down in his career, so he knows how to do it. Now, I listened to Dan Orlovsky talking about Jameis. Uh, Orlovsky, the former Bucks backup, has transformed into a really excellent sort of a fresh uh, approach analyst for ESPN. Orlovsky was talking about Jameis versus Mariota last week and was saying that, well, with Jameis, you, you know he can do it, right? You, we've seen it. We've, we've, we've seen it in blocks of, and stretches, and it's a, with Mariota, you haven't. And that, uh, and that sort of lets you know that he does know what to do. It just gets away from him sometimes. And I don't know, the learning part, is, he, is it possible for him to learn that from Arians when he couldn't learn it before? Would there be more intimidation? Would maybe uh, you know fear of the head coach or respect of the head coach lead Jameis to perform better under pressure when he's trying not to make that perfect play? I don't know. We're all, we're all just going to find out. We're all just sitting here waiting to see what happens. But Jameis saying that he's still learning to do that, uh, he did mention that he gets so much encouragement on each individual play and so much coaching to live another day that uh, on each play as it's happening on the practice field that that makes him feel good. Maybe maybe that's something because Arians talked about, I think it was with 
me and Lee and Ira Kaufman on the Ira Kaufman podcast. Might have been off the air or I'm not sure. It all runs together sometimes. But Arians did talk about how the giant coaching staff, I think it was with Ira, the giant coaching staff, one of the big important pieces of it is the ability to have every play coached on the field, directly on the field, and then reinforced in the meeting room versus a typical team where, sure, some things are coached on the field as mistakes are made or as good things are done. But with a smaller coaching staff, more times than not, something happens on the field and then the coaches watch the practice film immediately after practice and then it's addressed in a meeting. So if I make a mistake and as a football player or really a player in any sport, you're trained to go to the next play, right? Your, your, your brain, you should be programmed to forget about what happened and put all your energy into the next play. That's what any sport is all about. The, the most important play is the next play. Well, if you're wired that way and then you're coached up on a mistake 12 hours later, the impact, it can't be the same. It literally cannot be the same. It's different, and it's great to watch yourself on video, but it just can't be the same. And I'm not calling NFL players dogs, but you know what? When If you catch a dog doing something they shouldn't be doing and you bark, uh, bark at it and let them know right there, the animal, well, the animal's going to learn, learn it in the moment, and that's very effective with, with anybody, really. And so there's more of that going on. So maybe... Maybe this coaching staff with the four guys swarming around Jameis, Clyde Christensen, Leftwich, Arians, and uh, Tom Moore, maybe that instant coaching will make a difference. And I, hey, as a, somebody who I believe I'm an optimistic person, even though a lot of people think uh, we're negative at JoeBucksFan.com, I have to think that that's a better thing. And that's going to be a positive for Jameis, who actually talked about the, quote, parallel energy of all those quarterback coaches he has on the field. And that's really, I mean, we've said it before on Ira Kaufman's podcast, that is arguably one of the biggest challenges for Arians, is to somehow keep the voices all in sync, all the guys in Jameis's ear, on the same page. And that's not easy. I don't care if they all know the offense and they all know the same thing. They're all different people with different interpretations and you want a, a singular message, so Jameis gravitates toward the singular message, not the, the, the piece of the message somebody's expressing that he likes the most, so he'll go with that. And that's not a knock on Jameis. That's anybody who might have four bosses in his, in his ear. There's the, you know, the GM, and then there's the, uh, the regional manager works with you closely, and then there's your supervisor, and then there's a, a, a consultant that they brought in to uh, work with you specifically in your department, and you got four people in your ear it's it's a challenge, and I'm you know I believe uh, Arians knows what he's doing, and I'm confident that uh, he'll manage any issues there. But the likelihood of them being more issues is higher. So you, when do you spot him? When do you figure him out? Jameis has to have clear, open communication on what he's hearing and what he's doing and why and who's telling him what. So it'll be fun to watch. I mean, it's uh, you know look if Arians is successful, you'll see teams uh, copying his giant coaching staff because he'll continue to be asked about it he'll continue to explain it and then uh, teams will continue to go that that direction and uh, you'll, you might add uh, 50 coaching jobs around the league so it, it you know just on a bigger picture it has its uh, 
level of interest that Jameis admitted, which I thought was interesting and it was honest, but you don't hear it very often. So it's always kind of an ear opener. He admitted to Schefter that he has that extra drive and sense of urgency to be your best in a contract here. That's what Jameis said, that extra drive and sense of energy or urgency to be your best. This came after he said he tries to, uh, you know, treats every game like it's his last, which he does play that way. And that's very admirable. But it was interesting to hear him address the money on it. And um, I think that's important because I think fans, when they think about the big picture of this season, how it's going to go, how it's going to play out, will Jameis get a new contract? Uh, you know, all that stuff. Some people think about that. Some people just want to watch the games. But if you really start thinking about the season and the plan and how it'll shake out, what the Bucks need to do and the mindset of the team, and Arians himself always talks about flipping the culture and guys buying in and all that stuff. If you really think about it, Jameis is so desperate for a fast start. So much pressure on him because if you put yourself into October... And the Bucs are not winning. All the talk everywhere is going to be about Jameis and that contract. And is he going to get a new one? And will the Bucs have to start looking into the draft? And, you know, I, I met with a, a Bucks fan last week, hardcore Bucks fan, and I didn't even bring it up. He's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I really hope uh, we're not talking draft again in October. And that's just the way it is around here. And, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, defeatism among Bucks fans who will go into every season optimistic but the reality is the effect of that on Jameis what that would be if he doesn't get off to a fast start and the whole chit chat around him from fans and inevitably from media and certainly national media is is that new contract that's got away on you I don't think any Jameis has proven to be mentally tough enough to block out all these things going on on a consistent basis now he's done blocked out off the field stuff for himself many times positively but it hasn't been consistent i mean look at what happened last year he felt too much pressure from to try to be like ryan fitzpatrick i mean he admitted that well if you felt pressure and it affected you because you were pushing yourself to try too much to be like fitzpatrick well what happens when you've got a $30 million a year contract potentially on the line. And you know you're at the end of the line with a new coach and a new offense and uh, the weight of your team that is probably going to need you to score 24, 26, 25 points a game to be a winning team. The defense should be better, but not incredibly better. I are hopeful slash concerned that it's managed properly by Jameis. He has to. He's at the end of the line. He's got to manage this where he just plays a professional, consistent game and uh, takes a step forward so the franchise can take a step forward and he can be cemented as the long-term quarterback. If he doesn't do that, you know, the ups and downs stuff, I I don't think the Bucs will invest in him. I really don't. He's got to find a way to become a consistent quarterback. Forget about the team, the team's actual uh, record. He's got to be a consistent quarterback and uh, hopefully... That'll be Arian's number one priority and his number one accomplishment is making Jameis a consistent quarterback because that's the best way to build, period. No matter what anybody else says, that's, that's your number one. If you have consistency and talent at that quarterback position, forget it. All right, now Mike Evans is another big key to the season. 
and he had some cool stuff to say. Uh, kudos to uh, Zach Seifter, intern, for sitting down with Mike and hitting him with some questions. Evans did a really cool thing that I, I can't really explain here on the podcast. Really cool with our intern, Zach. And here's the interview. So, Mike, obviously a great cause. You had this, and then you got your football camp coming up back in Texas. Any other um, foundations, fundraiser things that you got going this offseason? This is the last thing during the offseason, as well as my free camp that I do uh, annually in my hometown of Galveston uh, later this month. During the season, though, we got some foundation events. Uh, similar to last year, we did a bowling event. Last year was a great turnout. A lot of my teammates came. A lot of Bucks fans came. Uh, we'll do that again this year, probably around Christmas time. Uh, you guys got like six, seven weeks until training camp. Any uh, fun plans, vacations, anything going on like that for the time off? Uh, I might go to Canada. Me and my wife are going to go to Canada, check out a business that she's interested in, and uh, go see one of my good friends, Darrell Walker, who plays for the Toronto uh, Argonauts, I think. Um, CFL. We're going to go watch him practice a little bit. A lot of fans are wondering, you know, you missed a couple practices. How's the hamstring? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be good to go for camp? Of course, yeah, yeah. I was good to go. I just had to sit out for precautionary reasons. And, uh, you know, I understand that. Uh, I need to push my body to the limit and uh, try to negate my, my training uh, when I'm getting ready for training camp. So, uh, you know, I feel good now. Back to 100%. Ready to go for training camp. Now, Coach Arians has said that he believes, like, the secondary is totally fixed with some yeah. of these young guys out there. You've gotten a chance to face them one-on-one. How are they looking, and um, what do you think of that statement? Really good. Yeah, he's not lying. Uh, they look like they fit right in. They don't look like rookies. Corner and corners and safeties. Uh, our young guys are looking really good. Uh, they brought a lot of energy to practice, uh, as well as the veterans. Um, you know, our defense just looks revitalized, like they got new life. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do this year, and as well as the offense. Now, uh, with you kind of missing a little bit of time, Chris Goblin got a chance to kind of fill that number one role for some of those practices. How's he looking? How did he fill that role? And what are your expectations for him this season? Well, that's not his first time doing that. You know, I've been hurt uh, and suspended uh, before in his first two years where he had to be the number one guy. And uh, like I said, he's, he's one of the best receivers in the league. Um, and I believe he's the number one receiver in this league. Um, but good thing we got we got two number one receivers, me and him. So that's that'd be pretty cool. Um, he's definitely one of my, my best friends on the team. Um, you know, I just I love the way he works. Um, he make he can make all the plays. Very versatile. Uh, he's durable and uh, he's reliable. So you know, he's he's everything you're looking for in a football player and a teammate. So Coach Arians, he's um. He's already somewhat anointed Devin White as a leader and a guy who's going to, you know, take the reins of that defense. Mm-hmm. What are your impressions of him so far now that you've had a couple months to, mm-hmm. you know, be with him in the locker room and on the field? Oh, I love his game. You know, his position, you need to see more like game, game time things because they got, they got, the linebackers need pads on to tackle and, and stop the run and, and fit the run and stuff like that. But. He's been looking good. Man. He's, he's vocal out there. He's bringing energy as well as, like I said, the DBs are bringing energy. He's bringing a lot of it as well. Um, he knows all the plays. Like, our rookies don't seem like rookies. Like, they don't really they, – they, they barely mess up. And when they do, they get it corrected right away. Uh, he's flying around. He's, he makes plays. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Devin White can do. So a lot of fans are looking for optimism for this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are looking to the coaching staff, the new coaching staff for that. Maybe not so much the personnel as there wasn't that many changes. What can you say about the players in that locker room and why they should, um, why the fans should look to them for more optimism just as much as this coaching staff? Well, our, our players have, have bought into the, to the new coaching staff. And uh, 
our offense last year, our numbers speak for themselves of some things that we could have fixed uh, turnover-wise and in the red zone. But we got pretty much everybody coming back except D-Jack and Humps. Big loss, but you know we got some a really good group of guys at the tight end position and the running back position to help uh, fill the void. Uh, we got some really good receivers, uh, rookies, and uh, free agent pickups. So, I mean, we'll be good offensively and defensively. Like I said, this is like the fastest our defense has looked. And OTAs, I mean, I know it's not the real season yet, but OTAs, this is the fastest they've looked since I've been here. So a different look on defense more so than your first five years in the league? Yeah, man, like just every position is uh, it's like loaded. It's a lot of depth. It's a lot of depth. You know, I got to see the – we obviously got to see the young guys in the game, but I think they'll be fine. You know, they're already practicing against one of the best offenses, you know, in the league. And, uh, you know, I think our defense could be one of the best defenses in the league. So we just got to play complimentary football this year and just have fun with it, and I think we'll do well. Very cool stuff there from Mike Evans. We appreciate him taking the time. Thank you, Zach, the intern. And, of course, thanks to Bill Curry Ford, BillCurryFord.com, home of the Nationwide Lifetime Warranty for new and pre-owned BillCurryFord.com. I thought Mike made a couple of really good points in there. I'm not going to hit them all. But one thing that really stood out for me was him saying the rookies, they don't make a lot of mistakes. That was the most exciting part of this for me, right? Now, when I listen to Jameis and I listen to Mike Evans, they're very positive guys. They're very pro-team guys. You're not going to get them saying anything negative. but So you have to sort of read between the lines on the positive. And what's sort of fluff, what's player speak, and what's insight, uh, insightful. And I think that says a lot. For him to go out of his way to talk about the lack of mistakes, man... That is just music to my ears as a fan. You know, we're going to see it play out for real. It's underwear football, no pads in spring practices, no pads in minicamp. But that receiver cornerback one-on-one challenge in practice is probably the most real of all the fake football things going on. Receivers and cornerbacks and defensive backs playing. So... That's very encouraging to me. It's a new defense. It should encourage all of you. We'll see. The team speed, you can't fake speed. Practice is practice. And Evan's talking about the defense's speed. Also very encouraging. Now speed, you know, we'll leave it at that. But those are exciting things. And of course, you know, a, a fast defense can make up for a lot of mistakes. But they can also overplay things. And... A lot of savvy quarterbacks in this division, savvy offensive coordinators, but the speed is the speed. And thanks to Mike Evans, there's some other stuff in there, and you know, we'll be writing about it on JoeBucksFan.com, of course. And one thing I wanted to hit on that was a national story today, ProFootballTalk.com picked it up and others did. And it wasn't much of a story per se from Joe Bucks fan, but it's this time of year when anything gets magnified because most outlets are going dark or they, they don't have anything of substance to write about. So Bruce Arians, when he sat down with the Ira Kaufman podcast, which uh, aired last week, Arians was asked about the running backs. Actually, you know what? He wasn't asked about the running backs. He was asked about a position on the team that was a pleasant surprise. And he talked about the secondary, but he's, he, he only talked about the secondary for about two seconds and jumped to the running backs. 
Now, he loves the running backs. Who did he mention for you roster junkies out there? He mentioned Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, Andre Ellington, and Dare Agunbawali, the guy who uh, plays special teams and you know we've seen him run the ball in preseason before. Those are the four guys he mentioned, and he talked about why he likes each of them. And it was funny when he said uh, Ronald Jones has been catching the ball well in practice, and he said knock on wood which I thought was kind of funny for a head coach to say that. But uh, he's impressed by Jones's explosiveness. He said he's never seen a guy cut this well in the spring. I don't know what that is. The, the overhype of Jones in the spring is it's sort of based on what he did last year or didn't do last year. So it's a little bit weird, but it's fun, and we'll see what happens when it's real. Hopefully Arians will let these guys tackle to the ground and encourage them to play 100% in training camp during certain periods so we can really see uh, I, that helps me see the running backs. I want to know if a guy's breaking a tackle that's a hundred percent tackle versus an eighty-eight percent tackle. I want to see his speed when that defense isn't has no th- shred in its head of letting up. All that stuff matters, and we've had a couple of coaches in a row who just don't believe in that. And especially the, this team, they almost all play—not almost all, but they uh, so many played under Dirk Cutter where that just. The goal at training camp was, it seemed like, was to get out healthy. Now, Cutter was 3-0 and on opening days, so I can't rip the guy. He had them ready to go opening day, but what they were ready for beyond that remains to be seen. Anyway, Arians made national news today, this morning, when he said, I like our backfield, he told us on the podcast. I like our backfield. It's an okay backfield. There's not a David Johnson or a Todd Gurley, but you don't need one. And I instantly replied to the coach, we could buy one though, right? If we want to, if they're on the market. And Arians, Arians let out a big uh, sigh. And he said, I don't overpay for that position. David Johnson came in as a rookie, lit it on fire. You just got to find the right guys to fit what you want to do. End quote from Arians. Now, I, you know, Arians continues this long streak of never mentioning Jason Light when it comes to personnel moves or decisions. I don't know how many weeks it goes back, but it's so obvious that Arians is in charge. I don't even know what to say. So him saying, I don't overpay for that position. My first thought in my head was, what about the GM coach? Uh, You know, what does he do? And and what's that all about? Your GM bought Doug Martin for giant money and uh, continued to pay him giant money after he had failed. And, uh, you know, that was going through my head. But, of course, you know, I wasn't going to say anything like that. It was enough to ask Arians, hey, we could buy one. But he doesn't believe in buying it. And to me, that speaks to the broader Bucks plan, the confusion of it all. And I understand plans change and it's fluid, just like reporting and opinions and everything else. But it feels to me like the Buccaneers are banking on Peyton Barber having a big year this year, breaking through getting that 3.8 yards a carry or whatever to 4.2, 4.1. And having a, a more creative play caller that can free him up a little bit and focus on the runs that he's best at and maybe get him to be a 1,200-yard rusher. And if Peyton Barber's a 1,200-yard rusher with seven or eight touchdowns and he can catch the ball, he's going to be asking for the money that uh, Devontae Freeman and these other guys have commanded. And Barber's going to play this year at 24 years old. So if you if your goal is for Peyton Barber to do that, then you know what you're, you're you might have to pay him seven eight million dollars for multiple years 
to keep him. And Arian says he doesn't want to overpay. And now I understand the Cardinals paid David Johnson in Arizona, but Peyton Barber is not David Johnson. And it might put Arians in a position where he's got to pay more for a type of back than he wants to because he's got nothing else in the, the stable. So, look, they're hoping for Ronald Jones becomes a compliment. I'm hoping that's the case. And that'll give them a little leverage. It'll give them a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of freedom in what they can do and look for in the draft. Otherwise, we're going into next year needing, desperately needing to draft a defensive lineman and or pass rusher and a running back which is sort of exactly where we were in 2019 and i hope that's not the case because then we we go back on the buccaneers merry-go-round and the circus that is this team and i hope the circus ends and it's all good i mean we are fans at joebucksfan.com we don't try to hide it we root for the team i mean uh gosh uh you know i met lee d camper through work but uh you know what you know, a couple times we went to Bucks games and we were in the 300 level. I even remember Leah having a little uh, argument with a guy wearing a Cubs hat. And, you know, we were beer drinking 300 level uh, dudes. And so I, I'm, I don't pretend to, uh, to not be that guy. As far as other things going on with the Bucks, you know, there's been uh, a lot written about how much the team is gambling on, on a lot of stuff. And to be fair on positions when I say that. To be fair, every team is gambling on, almost every team is gambling on uh, thin positions, unproven positions. That's the league. That's the, the catch. That's, the, that's why we have Bruce Arians, because he's going to be able to make some proper decisions and to gamble on the right guys. And like he said, uh, quote, if you utilize it properly, you can flip a team. It's another thing he talked about with uh, the Ira Kaufman podcast, if you just pick the right guys and you have the right mentality and the core guys to flip the other guys and get everybody working at one, you've got a huge leg up. And the Bucks, like everybody at one buck knows, I promise you, they believe they have a huge leg up when it comes to the offense. Veteran quarterback, A-list uh, offensive coaches, talent, multiple uh, receiving uh, weapons, depth. They like the offensive line, whether you do or not. And, um, you know, Arians really believes that this is closer than maybe a lot of fans do. I don't know. But that, that's the fun part of this all. And, uh, yeah, they're gambling on a lot. So much is going on Devin White's shoulders. But at every turn, at every sniff, he feels like a guy who can handle it. Uh, and I believe he'll handle it. It's a question of when will he execute it, right? He'll handle the stress. He'll handle the pressure. He'll handle everything, I believe, just fine. Will he handle the football part of it? in the, the timetable that everybody seems to be looking for, I don't know. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't bet on it, but you know, if he can come around by game eight or nine and be uh, look like an all-pro in waiting, that may not work for the Bucks this year. It may not work for a lot of Bucks fans uh, who are expecting uh, a winning team right away, but it would work for me when it comes to the big picture. And uh, I wish the Bucks sort of thought more about the big picture uh, than it appears they do sometimes. But you know what? The big picture keeps changing. And that's what makes it fun and something to uh, cover every single day. And by the way, Mike Evans said he's 100% healthy. So if you're worried about his hamstring, don't be. And uh, he could have played. He could have practiced if he had to. And I think the only red flag about it is that Evans has talked to me at different times 
about how much effort he puts in to not injure his hamstrings is from nutrition to hydration to everything else. So him getting a hamstring tweak is a little concerning knowing how much he puts into protecting those hamstrings, but he's had hamstring issues through his career. And uh, hopefully this is just another one that subsides and that he can manage effectively. Bottom line is he hasn't missed many games. So who cares what his, uh, his injury situation may or may not be. All right. Well, another Monday Morning Joe podcast is in the books. Thanks for everybody listening. Thanks to Bill Curry Ford. Thanks for making it this long. Hope you enjoyed Mike Evans. Go back, listen to it again. Get inspired to be a Bucks fan with optimism as we march toward late July and the first day of training camp.